When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, guys? Brendan Boylan here, writer and reporter for Saints News Network on SI.com, award-winning filmmaker and the host of the Houdat Discussion. I just wanted to take a second to say thank you guys for an incredible first two, three weeks, almost a month, of me being the host of the Houdat Discussion. Nearly 2,000 downloads of the podcast in the month of July. Thank you guys so much for your support. Thank you guys so much for listening. And a special thank you to all you guys that are going and reading my work, John Hendricks' work, Bob Rose, and Kyle T. Mosley, all of our work over there at Saints News Network on SI.com. You can find it all by going to www.getsaintsnews.com. We thank you guys so much for all of that. And we have some exciting news today. As Quan Alexander, well, he gets a big birthday gift returning to the New Orleans Saints. We'll get into the details of that contract. We'll also look at a couple observations, takeaways, and things to look out for the remainder of training camp. When I'm recording this, late on August 3rd, we're five days into training camp. Football is right around the corner. We're going to talk all about it, but first, here's the intro. All things New Orleans Saints. This is Who Dat Discussion. Powered by Overtime Media. All right, guys, well, let's start off with the big news of the day. Linebacker Quan Alexander, he's returning to the New Orleans Saints. Remember, he was released from his contract earlier in the offseason, suffered an Achilles injury on Christmas Day uh, against the Minnesota Vikings, but that Christmas bag of coal followed up by one of the best birthday gifts you can get. Yes, Quan Alexander re-signs with the New Orleans Saints on his birthday, the 27-year-old returning to potentially play right next to DeMario Davis. Those guys had all sorts of chemistry in Alexander's first year with the New Orleans Saints. Remember, he was a trade deadline deal. He comes over from the San Francisco 49ers in exchange for Kiko Alonso and a fifth-round draft pick. Alonso not ever playing a game for the 49ers, so all in all, really just a fifth-round pick the Saints surrender for Alexander. And That defense looked a lot different with Alexander playing alongside Demario Davis than Alex Anzalone. Just the speed, the athleticism, uh, the ability to read, and the the quick and athletic movement to be able to go sideline to sideline. Man, that made all the difference in the world. Well, how did we get here? Obviously, as we said, Alexander cut during the offseason. That was just a move. Uh, for cap, it's been a long time, and I think some of us have already forgotten the Saints were $100 million over the cap before the start of free agency, so applause to getting 
uh, under that number, but they did have to make some tough choices. Quan Alexander, Janoris Jenkins, Emmanuel Sanders, all cap casualties just because the Saints had to find a way to get under that number. Alexander does return. He was in for a visit with the Saints back on July 20th. Reportedly, there were several teams also interested in Alexander, and he's made quite the recovery from his torn Achilles. That's an injury that takes almost a year to fully recover from, and we're only seven months since he tore his Achilles, and he's looking very, very good. A couple videos posted to Twitter. We know he's been working out with Dr. Reef, and a lot of Saints fans know who Dr. Reef is because of those insane workouts with Alvin Kamara, where he's balancing uh, himself on an exercise ball, and then he's catching a baton that's got different colors. We've all seen the video, but uh, Quan Alexander also working out with Dr. Reef to, to rehab from his Achilles injury. Uh, Demario Davis certainly excited uh, to bring him back. He tweets, let's go, DJ turn my speakers all the way up, and a handful of fire emojis. I think it's safe to say, and we've said it for the last few years, especially the last four since 2017 with the Saints team, this this locker room is just so much different than years past. It's one of the best locker rooms in the league. You, you're not just hearing it from me. You're not just hearing it from guys like Nick Underhill and Amy Just and, and all the other wonderful reporters that, that cover this football team. You're hearing it at a national scale. Uh, as well, hearing the ESPNs and the Fox Sports is saying, hey, listen, this, this Saints locker room is, is a really special one. And, uh, I think Quan Alexander really fit that uh, to a T. And when you have guys like Demario Davis uh, publicly coming out and, and heading to Twitter, I know he also headed to Instagram and had a very similar uh, response. I think you left your, your mark and a good impression on this team. But one thing to remember is... The Saints did not know how Alexander was going to recover from his Achilles injury. And they went ahead and addressed the linebacker position in the NFL draft in the second round. They got Pete Werner out of Ohio State. uh, And he's played particularly well so far in training camp. We're also seeing some growth from Zach Bond, who was a third-round pick two years ago. Bond actually had the first interception of training camp off of Ian Book. Uh, That was today, again, recording on August the 3rd. So you're seeing some jump out of these guys that you wanted to see jump from. We all know the Saints really like to play in in a hybrid look where you have four down linemen, two linebackers. You could say five DBs, but you get Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, who's in the slot, uh, or you have another safety that's able to kind of come up and almost serve as a third linebacker. So you're looking at, one of those three guys I just named, and Pete Warner, Zach Bonner, of course, Quan Alexander, one of those guys, two of those guys, not going to be able to be on the field next to DeMario Davis, who has proven to be quite the coverage linebacker. Grades is one of the best in the league, does DeMario Davis. So this isn't just a, a situation where Quan Alexander signs on the dotted line and he gets handed over the keys to, to the Corvette, right? He's going to have to earn his way back into the starting lineup for the New Orleans Saints. And here's the good part. If, if you're a Saints fan, is he has time to work his way back because you do have some reinforcements. Yes, there's some young reinforcements, but you have some guys, if you still want to take it slow and take it easy, getting Quan back into uh, what is just day-to-day life 
as an NFL football player because that's a lot different than your rehab. That's a lot different than doing no contact drills. So you do have that security cushion and you do have that luxury of not having to rush Alexander through this as he signs a little bit less than a week into training camp. So those are just things to keep an eye on. It really is a low-risk, high-reward type of signing for the Saints. As I said, because of the locker room chemistry, I'm sure Alexander got some offers from other places and said, well, you know what? Let's go back to New Orleans. Uh, It's a $3 million deal, or up to $3 million deal, his agent said. Uh, Drew Rosenhaus told ESPN that earlier today. So, big news in the Big Easy with Quan Alexander. I do want to move into five observations and five takeaways. Uh, Five things to watch as well. You could throw a lot of different things in these five things uh, when it comes to trading camp. But I do want to start at that linebacker position. I I think that's one that some Saints fans are overlooking because of all the injuries to wide receiver, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Um, The lack of depth at the defensive back spot, specifically a corner. The Saints brought a couple guys in. Prince of Mukamara got signed just the other day uh, to be a veteran guy who competes in camp. But I think linebacker is a spot where we're not talking about the depth and maybe the concern nearly as much. Like I said, you have two young guys with Zach Bond and Pete Werner, who was just drafted. And then you have Quan Alexander that you just brought back. But there's a lot of question marks after Demario Davis. And I know there weren't as many when Quan was a member of the team last year. But that was a Quan Alexander that didn't just tear his Achilles. And that is one of the more difficult injuries to come back from. We all know that. Uh, If you're a sports fan, you understand that your ACLs and your Achilles, those are the ones that, uh, those are the ones that you hate to hear uh, come up when they, when they come back with those MRIs and those different scans. So Alexander, we don't know the explosiveness, the athleticism that makes him so special. Is it going to be back to where it is or is it going to be anywhere close to where? It was. Based off some of these videos that we're seeing, uh, some of the workout videos that have been posted on social media, I think uh, there's optimism that Quan could very well return to that spot. But you have guys that don't have a lot of NFL experience behind him in Bond and Warner. And this is going to be interesting because now not only is it a battle between two young guys, but you also have a veteran who's trying to say, hey, look, I still deserve a spot, not just in the league or on this team, but I deserve to start and take the rights to my spot back after my injury. So I actually think this signing, outside of the fact that it's exciting and a lot of fans really fell in love with Quan Alexander quickly, I think it's a great move because you're going to push everybody uh, in that linebacker room to give it a little bit more, uh, push on the gas just a little bit harder right? Because again, you're not just competing with that other young gun that's right next to you. If you're Bond or if you're Warner, you're also competing about against Quan Alexander, who's proven to be, whether it was in Tampa Bay, whether it was in San Francisco, whether it was his half year in New Orleans, that he's a heck of a linebacker. Uh, and he's definitely a quality starter in the NFL. So that's one thing to watch uh, as we continue into training camp and into the preseason is how does this number two linebacker really work out? Who's going to play alongside 
Demario Davis? Are we going to see leaps and bounds of growth from Zach Bond, who really frustrated some people uh, last season? Are we going to see Pete Warner come in and maybe steal the starting job from Quan Alexander? Or is Quan Alexander going to come in, uh, as I said, seven, eight months off of a torn Achilles and prove, hey, I'm right back to where I was. So that's my first thing to watch, a little bit of an under-the-rug thing. I think the second thing is big. It's obvious. It's something that we're all talking about. Uh, And it's something that Saints Twitter, at least the first two days of training camp, were going absolutely bonkers about. And that's the quarterback battle between Taysom Hill and Jameis Winston. Now, they have rotated through the first, as I said, five days to a week of camp on who's running with the first unit. The first couple days was Taysom, then Jameis got his turn. Uh, But Sean Payton came out and said, listen, this isn't going to be a situation where Taysom has a series in the regular season than Jameis. And they're not going to flip-flop. He said it's very important to solidify who the leader of the offense is. So this isn't going to be a split quarterback operation like we've seen in some college systems in the years past. You're going to have a definitive starter. And Taysom's had his moments so far in camp. And Jameis has certainly had his moments. And uh, you could say that out of all the guys in training camp, if you had to pick one guy who had a day, it was Jameis in day four. From everything that I've seen, everything that I've read, um, all the different people in my ears that have been down there and have got to see it for themselves, they said Jameis had his best day as a New Orleans Saint, day four of training camp. Now, both guys reportedly struggled a little bit uh, today on August 3rd, but that doesn't mean anything. I think this is a neck-and-neck race, and I think we owe an apology a little bit to Taysom Hill because myself included, I actually think that I wrote it in an article a month or so ago that if I had to bet on myself that I would say there's a 98% chance that Jameis Winston is the starting quarterback, I think a lot of us didn't give Taysom Hill a chance in this quarterback competition. And then you hear some rumblings and some reports that, well, hey now, it's actually Taysom who's the favorite going into training camp. And then Taysom runs with the first team the first two days of training camp. So we knew this. We knew this last year. We knew it the year before. Taysom Hill and Sean Payton have a special relationship, and Sean Payton really likes the prospect of Taysom Hill being a starting quarterback in this league, but Taysom is in his 30s. Taysom is great at the Swiss Army Knife role, or as I like to say, the go-go gadget role. You can do a little bit of everything. Um, Shoot, if you've read my fantasy pieces, I think he actually has value as a flex player. Uh, not, Not a crazy amount of value, But especially with Michael Thomas going down, I think that he has serious value um, as a flex player in fantasy leagues, which means he has serious value to the New Orleans Saints on the offensive side of the ball. Shoot, the guy had more receiving touchdowns than a handful of guys on the roster each of the last two seasons. And, And that's how special Taysom can be in, 
you know, this Taysom Hill role, which we've never really seen before. I think the closest comparison you can make is Cordell Stewart and Slash with the with the Pittsburgh Steelers back in the day, but he didn't have a Taysom Hill role. You know, Cordell Stewart wasn't also your punt protector, and he wasn't doing this and doing that. He was just a quarterback, running back, wide receiver, where Taysom's a quarterback, running back, wide receiver, fullback, tight end, punt protector. Shoot, Taysom Hill might even be the backup punter. Who knows, right? So I think a lot of us, because of all this that's been instilled in our brain for the last three years, and obviously the tape doesn't lie in his four starts last year either, though his numbers were impressive, though the Saints were 3-1, and one, it, it wasn't as fluid as you would have liked. I think a lot of us just counted him out of this race to where I really do think this is going to be a race that comes down to the absolute wire because Jameis Winston wasn't guaranteed a lot of money in his contract. A lot of it is incentive-based, so if you don't start Jameis, you're not losing a whole lot. And if you do start Jameis, uh, he's got to earn those uh, incentives. On the flip side, Taysom is going to be hitting another contract year next year and wants to be able to prove that he can be a starting quarterback in this league. He's made it very clear, like, that's the goal, is to be a starting quarterback in the NFL. So that's another thing that I think is really going to come down to the wire. Like I said, both guys have had their days. Um, If you want to score it like a boxing match or UFC fight, I'm sure it was was 10-9 one round, and then 9-10 the next round, and with how good Jameis was on day four, maybe it was, you know, maybe it was 10-8 or what have you. But this is this is going to be a heavyweight bout that goes back and forth and back and forth. The third thing I'm watching in training camp is particularly the wide receivers. Right? Unfortunately, the report today was that Traquan Smith left practice early today. We we don't know who the guy is going to be without Michael Thomas. I think there's a lot of Saints fans that really quickly want to jump on the Marquez Callaway train. I think that Marquez Callaway had a really good rookie season. I don't know if he's ready to make the jump to be a true number two wide receiver. That's tough for me. They did sign Chris Hogan, who has had some impressive days at camp, especially for a guy who was most recently playing professional lacrosse. But I don't think that's a go-to guy down the stretch of the season. And I've said this before, and I've, I said this on the last podcast, is I think it's going to be a committee thing. I think that's going to be the the best way to go about it at the wide receiver spot. I think that Kamara... Murray are going to have to have big roles. I really like the signing of Freeman, uh, though I know there's a lot of people that say, oh, it's weird seeing him in the black and gold. It is, but I think those three guys are going to have to play a big role. The Saints also brought back Tommy Lee Lewis, who has been released and re-signed more times than I can count at this point. I know there's a lot of people that are excited uh, about Jalen Mikelski uh, from Tulane. He had another couple good days at camp. He's wearing number 17 in camp. If you guys are going out and watching that, obviously everybody roots for the local guy, the Tulane guy, but there's a lot of questions at this wide receiver spot. 
And I think it becomes harder and harder when you don't know who your quarterback is. And now, Jameis did throw a lot this offseason with some of these receivers. He flew Traquan out to California. There was a lot of people that were concerned and worried why Michael Thomas wasn't in on some of those workout videos and social media. Now we know he had surgery. But a lot of those guys were working out with Jameis during the offseason, which is a great thing to see. Uh, I didn't get to talk enough about Adam Troutman and the role that he would play in the last podcast. I think he's going to be really important as well. But this is what I wrote in my last article uh, for SI.com, fantasy football article, that is. Uh, and the title of this article was, Without Thomas, do the Saints have a reliable wide receiver option? Again, fantasy football-based, but hey, fantasy football is talking about real football. So this is what I said. Combine the unknowns of the receiving corpse with the impending battle for the reins to the Drew Brees throne, and the Saints' offense may look like a recipe for disaster on paper. However, with an MVP candidate in Alvin Kamara, one of the best offensive lines in football, and a new face at quarterback, the Saints may look like one of the most intriguing rosters in football and fantasy. And I stand by that because you don't know what you're going to get. And that's what's intriguing about it. It's terrifying on one hand, but it's also really intriguing. Who's going to step up? Who's going to be that guy? I've always I've been high on Traquan Smith since he came out as a deep ball threat. Not maybe not as a guy that's going to go and get you like Emmanuel Sanders like numbers from last season, but I think especially now that you have a guy like Jameis or even Taysom, both guys have rocket arms and can launch it downfield. I think it's going to open up a little bit more for Traquan Smith because nothing against Drew Brees, but we can all agree the last 2 years of his career and then especially with the reports that came out or what Brittany Breeze had posted on Instagram after his retirement, him playing with a torn rotator cuff, his arm strength wasn't where it was in the primes of his career. But I think with Traquan, he's going to have a maybe not a breakout season, but a really good season, particularly because he's going to be able to get deeper down the field and make plays down the field. That number two receiver spot, Marquez Callaway could could make that big jump, but I think people forget he only had 200 rece- plus receiving yards. I, don't, I think it was 200 under 250 receiving yards as a rookie. Didn't find the end zone, but he did step up big when he needed to. Uh, Deontay Harris, we don't know what's going on with him. He was arrested with a DUI. A similar uh, arrest was made to PJ Williams a few years ago. He got a two-game suspension. So you're looking at a potential two-game suspension for Harris and. As much as I like the lightning in the bottle that he is, I've talked about it before. He's a guy that doesn't have a lot of experience playing wide receiver in Sean Payton's offense, and we started to see him progress during the season last year, and then he got hurt. So if he gets this full year, no neck injuries, no other problems, even with the suspension, I think you're going to continue to see Harris grow. And I've seen the comparisons to like Tyreek Hill, I don't think he's going to be a Tyreek Hill guy, but I do think he's going to be a fun guy, especially in that offense, and you're going to be able to move him around and do some different things. Adam Troutman, that's a big ask. I know a lot of people are excited about Adam Troutman, myself included. 
uh, huge guy, great strides, great blocker. He he's kind of a throwback, for lack of a better term, because he's a receiving tight end that's also just as good of a blocker. And I remember when he was drafted and the Saints traded essentially their not essentially they did trade their entire day three of the draft to move back into the third round to select Troutman at pick 105. I remember Sean Payton praising him more for his blocking abilities in his press conference after the selection more than him as a receiver. So I think Troutman's a little bit more of a throwback. I know a lot of people expect him to put up crazy numbers, but look at what Saints tight ends have done over the years. Shoot, Ben Watson was really productive in New Orleans. I always like to point that out, that he had a good year. And as much as people don't like to hear it, Jared Cook was good in New Orleans. It was just the bonehead mistakes, the drops, the fumbles. That's what really got him. But he did put up good numbers while he was in New Orleans. So I think a lot of people expect Troutman to put up similar numbers. And I do think he'll come close to more probably of a Ben Watson than a Jared Cook. But it is a big ask for a guy who really didn't play a lot last year to step up be the starter, um, and and produce really well. I think a lot of this season falls on Alvin Kamara. But when it comes to the wide receivers, just look for who's going to step up. And I think that's kind of like half camp and half preseason thing to watch for. One of these guys is going to have to step up and prove, hey, not only do I belong on the roster, but I belong as the starter. I belong to... um, earn more playing time and what have you, because there are a lot of question marks. I don't know who's going to play where, but if I had to make a guess right now, Trey Quan will be the number one receiver. Callaway will be the number two receiver. Uh, Hogan's going to make the team, I think. And I wouldn't be surprised to see a little bit of Ty Montgomery, who really was more of a wide receiver than a running back until week 17 last year. I think Ty Montgomery could be... um, an under-the-radar guy to watch out for and have an impact with New Orleans. I thought he was a good fit. I wrote an article back when he was signed last year that he was an outstanding fit for Sean Payton's offense, and I still think that's true. But before we go into part four, or the fourth thing you need to watch out for as training camp continues to progress for the New Orleans Saints, we're going to take a break. You're listening to the Houdat Discussion Podcast. All right, so we're through three things to watch in training camp. I talked about the linebacker spot and how Quan Alexander was not guaranteed to be the starter alongside DeMario Davis, and that's a big thing to watch is how these young guys and the rookie in uh, Pete Warner and the second-year guy in Zach Bond compete with him. We talked about the quarterback battle and how it probably is a lot closer than people were anticipating. We talked about the wide receivers. Now I want to talk about cornerback. Uh, that that was a glaring need, right? And as I said earlier in the podcast, Prince Amukamara was signed by New Orleans. But I, I don't know, guys. This is a tough one for me because similar to what we were talking about with Deontay Harris, we don't know what kind of suspension Marshawn Lattimore is going to get, if he's going to get one. I would assume... Lattimore is going to get at least two games for um, the charges that he got in the offseason while he was returning home to Ohio. If you haven't seen the TMZ video, you can see the TMZ video. Find out everything you need to know um, about what happened there. But between that 
and letting go of Janoris Jenkins, who I think just played extremely well for New Orleans. That was one of the best waiver pickups um, that New Orleans has had really over the last half decade and probably is the best. He played so, so well. And he was a great one-two punch. He was a great compliment to Marshawn Lattimore. Uh, but to have to let him go because of the cap reasons, that really hurts. And now you have question marks. Who's the number two corner? Is it Patrick Robinson? Is it P.J. Williams? Is Chauncey Gardner-Johnson going to bounce outside? Where does that leave Prince Amukamara? I don't know. Ken Crawley, is he going to come back? And Are we going to have a throwback to 2017 when Ken Crawley is the number two corner? I don't know. There's just a lot of questions. We haven't even talked about Paulson Adebo. We'll get to that. But I don't know. There's a lot of unproven guys, just like the receiving corps. We don't know. And the weird thing is it, it is similar and it's different because the receivers, there's a lot of youth there. And I brought up Deontay Harris not having a whole lot of NFL-wide receiver experience. But on the other side, with, with the DBs, Patrick Robinson has plenty of experience. He started for the Saints, started for Philly, won a Super Bowl with Philly, got a big contract to come back to New Orleans, and when he had to start against Detroit, uh, he, he, had a, he had a good game. He had a good game in 2019 at Tennessee. And P-Rob might not be the guy that you want out there throughout the entire season, but I think he's serviceable. P.J. Williams, I think, has found more of a home as a slot-slash-safety guy, kind of like what Chauncey Gardner-Johnson is playing. Um, But P.J. has shown the ability to play multiple spots, but maybe not outside corner. That then brings in Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, who's in a similar spot. He's, he's more athletic than P.J. Williams, but I think Chauncey's really found a home, or C.D. Deuce. I think C.D. Deuce has found a home playing that hybrid role, and he's very good at it. Slot, corner, slash, third safety. He, he's been great in that role. You could say you could put Malcolm Jenkins back at corner, but he hasn't played corner since... Whew, it's been a long time since Malcolm Jenkins has played corner. I think he's a little little too slow to be on the outside. I think he was he was probably a better slot quarterback of the day anyway. And then you have Prince Amukamara, who is out of his prime. And as much as people don't like to hear this, there's a reason you're a free agent after training camp has started. Whether that's injury-related, whether that's you're waiting, you did it to yourself and you're waiting for the best contract available, or whether your services are just not really as wanted as they once were, there is a reason you're a free agent. And in Prince Amukamara's case, there's a reason he's a free agent. He did not play in 2020. His last season, full season, was with Chicago in 2019. Played in 15 games, no interceptions, 10 passes defensed. He's been serviceable, but it's also concerning that he hasn't played since 2019. He was good in New York early in his career, good young guy. 
but I'm not sure if this is a guy that you really want being your number two corner, like I said, who who hasn't played in a whole year. There's just a lot of question marks. And Sean Payton was was honest and truthful to us in the media and said, like, hey, listen, this is something we need to address. And I just didn't expect Prince of Mukamar to be the guy that they go get when it needed to be addressed. Um, I brought up a couple guys over uh, my time as a guest on this podcast and now as the host of this podcast. I said Josh Norman. Uh, would be a guy that potentially made sense because Sean Payton liked him a lot the first time he was a free agent after his time in Carolina. And then Richard Sherman. Now with Sherman, I know that's a whole different ballgame with everything that happened. But I'm just a little surprised that out of all the guys you could take a risk on, it's Prince Mukamara. But there's a reason that I talk about the team and don't make personnel decisions for the team. So maybe it works out. There's just a lot of room for concern this year, more than years past. And I have to credit Andrew. Uh, some conversations we had before I took the podcast over, he kept comparing this offseason and the amount of question marks going into the offseason to 2017. He said that this could go one or two ways, Brendan. It can go back to 2017 where there was a lot of questions, there were a lot of holes, and the Saints just found ways to win games, and 17 was just a magical year. Or it could be a year where there's so many holes and the team doesn't play, or they rather they do play like a team that has a lot of holes, and, and they have a poor season. And without seeing, I don't want to say a splash free agent signing, but without seeing a signing that gets you excited or a guy that might bring you a little bit more encouragement to see just a eh kind of signing, you don't really feel you don't feel the pendulum swing either way. It's kind of stuck where it is. So what do the Saints do at cornerback? Who shows out? Does Paulson Adebo, who had a good day today as well, does he earn the rights to be the number two corner? And that goes back to things I've said earlier with inexperienced guys uh, playing in big spots. And there's nothing wrong with that. Look, we just talked about 2017. The Saints had the offensive and defensive rookie of the year that year and Alvin Kamara and Marshawn Lattimore. There's nothing wrong with starting young guys, but it's the unknowns there. You know, I do have a theory, a little bit off football, but just in life in general, I firmly believe each human being is scared of the same thing. And it's the unknown. We're scared of what we don't know. And that's what makes the Saints defensive backs really scary this year, uh, particularly at CB2. Now, the final thing I want to talk about and thing to watch is Devontae Freeman. You're thinking, what? Brennan, you want to talk about a, a third string running back? Yes. Yes, I do. Because this goes back and ties into what we talked about with the wide receivers. And and going back to even what I said in the last podcast about how Alvin Kamara and Latavius Murray were going to have to kind of carry this team for a little bit. Well, bringing in Freeman, another very similar to Quan Alexander, veteran guy who is low risk, high reward, if he's able to line up in certain packages and show you that he can still be a player in this league, that means you get to move Alvin Kamara around, whether that's in the slot, you know, whether you have Freeman and Kamara in the backfield together. And I also think when you start, when you start getting down to the nitty-gritty of it, 
Alvin Kamara is going into his fifth NFL season. And I believe, personally, we're still in an NFL where running backs' careers are about a 10-year window. And to see a running back in his prime, you're probably even a less window than that. You're really in like a five-year window. And fortunate for New Orleans, Alvin Kamara hasn't had any serious injuries, knock on wood. But we have seen, in Saints history in particularly, guys whose primes are over before year five. You guys ready for this list? I'm just going to give you guys two. Ruben Mays. That was a guy who's, because of injury, his prime was over pretty quick. But a really good running back for the Saints. Deuce McAllister. Because of injury, his career and his prime with the Saints was cut short. We've been fortunate with Alvin Kamara that, for the most part, no injuries. No serious injuries. But we're going into year five. So to bring in a guy, like I've said before, Latavius Murray, most underrated running back in football. But to bring in another running back in Freeman, who I do think has a really good chance of making the team, to be able to take a little bit less, or a little bit more, rather, off of Alvin Kamara, less of a load for Alvin Kamara, I think that's important because if you can hand the ball off an extra two or three times to somebody else that's two or three carries, less for Kamara a game, and that adds up. Now, he might be running more routes, he might catch more passes, but... He doesn't have to go through the wear and tear, play after play after play, potentially, of picking up blitz assignments, running through those trenches. You get to play with Alvin Kamara a little bit more in that Darren Sprolsey, Reggie Bush way where you can throw some swing passes, he can get out of bounds quick. Uh, he can run that Texas route over the middle of the field. And I just think at the end of the day, one reason that the Freeman signing is going to be so important if it ends up working out and he makes the 53-man roster is it's going to take a little bit off of Alvin Kamara. It's going to allow the team to do some different things. The other thing, too, is it just gives you insurance at the end of the day. I mean, we're not out of this COVID thing yet. And with the health and safety protocols, you never know. We had a scare in week four against Detroit last year. And week 17, Ty Montgomery carried New Orleans to the victory over Carolina. So this does give you a little bit more insurance, whether it be Latavius or Kamara has to miss time. You're not down to essentially one experienced running back. Um, Troy Jones, still a New Orleans Saint from Notre Dame last season. I believe he had some carries later on in the year. But to have a guy like Freeman, who is a pro bowler, former pro bowler, uh, had some great years in Atlanta, can catch the ball out of the backfield, does a lot of things that Sean Payton likes. To have that guy in your running back room as well, it's only a positive, and it's only a plus for New Orleans. So I would watch to see if he can solidify himself on the roster, how he performs in the preseason, and then particularly in like preseason week three, your typical starters play the most. 
what kind of rotation you see out of Kamara, Murray, and Freeman. Well, guys, that's all the time we have for the Hoodat Discussion podcast today. Uh, you can follow myself, Brendan Boylan, on Twitter and on Instagram, at btboylan, that's at b-t-b-o-y-l-a-n. You can follow the podcast on Twitter, at the Hoodat Dis. And, of course, you can follow all of my work and my colleagues, John Hendricks, Bob Rose, and Kyle T. Mosley, all of our work uh, with the Saints News Network on SI.com. You can find us at SI.com forward slash NFL forward slash Saints or www.getsaintsnews.com. Well, as always... I thank you guys so much for listening, so much for reading, all your support over my first month with the podcast. It really means the world. You guys stay safe and healthy, find your peace, spread love, practice positivity, and we'll see you next time on the Hoodat Discussion.